Welcome to the dark forest Jackie and her pals will never bore us Shameless confessions about our obsessions Will make us laugh and smile So let's explore the dark forest And dark down for a while 2023, you guys, and I'm winging it. Hi, it's Jackie Cation. Welcome to the Dork Forest. That's the website, the Dork Forest, if you like a determiner. Dorkforest.com also works. JackieCation.com has all of my stand-up information. Like, it has videos, it has pictures, it has links to this podcast and to my other podcast with Lori Kilmartin. It has a merch store that has Dork Forest t-shirts. It has all of my stand-up merch and all of my CDs and DVDs. So, that's what you know about websites. There's an opportunity because uh, we're in the new year here that you can donate to the Dork Forest. I don't have a Patreon. I don't have uh, anything really set up, though I understand you can set up on PayPal a monthly if you wanted to. Uh, you could donate and uh, be of uh, to support the show. This is the 17th season, the 17th year I've been putting this stuff out. It's free, but if you have money and would like to throw me some money, boy, howdy. Uh, uh, there's a PayPal. The, uh, there is at my webs at my email address, actually, Jackie at JackieCation.com, which you can also email me and tell me how much you're enjoying the show. You can also do Venmo if you'd like, which is just Jackie Cation, no hyphen, all one word, picture of this, this person, me. And then um, I think that's it. I think I have Zell, but it's too complicated. Other than that, let's do the credits. Patrick Brady, still in, fixing the audio all these years later. Give it up to Patrick Brady. That's what a lot of your donations support, by the way, because I like to uh, share the wealth. And then um, Bill Mose, he does the websites. And Mike Rickberg wrote and sang that song composed and sang that song with his wife now, Sarah. And uh, at the end, he sings uh, the Mexican hat dance, which is always fun. Anyway, I'm sure there's more to it. There's a band camp that has a bunch. It has like a, a, a stand-up storytelling album that was never released. It's uh, There's also a, a bunch of live episodes that many of them are free. There were 200 episodes that were not pre-recorded, and I sort of culled through those, and I pulled like 17 of the best ones. There's an album collection of that, 17 Hours of Dork Forest. If you run through all of the episodes, go to bandcamp.com, Dork Forest, or Google those words and you'll find it. Anyway, there's probably more. I can't remember any of it, but you're doing great. Feel free to enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome to, I'm in Denver. There's googly eyes. Very exciting. I think it's on this side. <laughs> uh, Jackie Cation, Dork Forest. I'm here with Skippy Rose. It's at Skippery Duda on Instagram. Loves the circus, loves the vaudeville. Traverse City, Michigan. That's where we met just a week ago or so. Uh, let us discuss. Uh, let us discuss circuses. Like I don't know anything about circuses. You, you have some knowledge. There are. There's some sort of a ball circus going on, like a <laughs> lower level circus where you eventually get to go to the big leagues. You can train to that. I know some people that have graduated on from this kind of local circus and have gone on to Cirque du Soleil. Um, That's so. amazing. <laughs> so you, you, you go to, and you perform at circuses in Detroit and right. yeah. Well, well, they're not like formal circuses, right? They're like places that hire circus acts. So it's not like your traditional big top type of thing. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's so, so, okay. So like it's getting booked for doing stand up, maybe. Where, where they're having an event and they're like, we would like some circus performers. Yeah, correct. Who, how, do you, how do you find a circus performer that you want to hire? Uh, so either there's like just come. So when I first started out, um, I was like picked up by, I did like a charity event for somebody at a local bar. And then a circus company happened to be there and like pick me up. And so businesses like banks or whatever would go to the circus company and be like, we need this is an entirely separate world. First of all, how did you train to work the circus? Did you um, run away and join the circus? My brother Phil did once. Oh, and then it turns cool. out he had joined the carnies and he didn't want to be a carny. Yeah. That's a, it's very different. different. Very, very, very different. different. Yeah. Yes. Um, but actually, uh, so I was, um, I had a roommate that, uh, did poi, which is like those, um, 
those strings with the balls on the ends that people right. light on fire and white. Um, and so she, I was like, Oh, well, what's that? And like, she tried to show me a trick, but she messed up, messed it up. And I'm like, I feel like this could look really cool if, if, if you practiced. If, <laughs> <laughs> Did she just get him as sort of a gift when she went to Hawaii? Or okay. yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And okay. so I just started YouTubing, um, how to do different tricks. Oh, yeah. And uh, one of my friends decided to come on board with me and she kind of fell off and I just became more obsessed. <laughs> right. And you just kept, and that was eight years ago, you said that was like, yeah. you just started practicing. And so how did you, how do you meet other people? Like, is there a message board? I mean, so, is it a g- game store? What's happening? <laughs> so there are like, you know, the Facebook groups or whatever and all of those chats. But I think the biggest, um, I guess, exposure that I ever got was uh, going to conventions. Like uh, the biggest, they call it Flow Arts. All of the oh, stuff that's a part of the, Cat of the Circus. A part of this? It's called Flow Arts? Yeah. So it's As like in F-L-O-W? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And there are cons for that, sort of like there's anime conventions and comic cons and yeah, so it's like industry conventions. So like you go there and like the whole day is booked with workshops and you can meet some of your favorite like celebrity like flow artists from like YouTube. And the first time I went, I was so star starstruck. <laughs> right, right, easy. yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, well, that's the thing. I mean, if you went down a YouTube rabbit hole trying to learn how to do that, and then that mm-hmm. leads you to other other kinds of flow yep. art. Mm-hmm. Um, so who, who was an example of a famous, like one that you got to watch and then you got to see them in person. Did you get to see them in person? Yeah. So there's a guy named Drex and he, I think he's out of uh, like Washington DC area, but his yeah. videos are, he's like a very analytical kind of guy. And so he'd break down the tricks really well. And I just like, was a complete disciple of him for like a year before I went to my first um, convention. Where and was I, the first convention? The middle of nowhere, Ohio. Okay. It was <laughs> in Ohio. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is at, at like a hotel. Oh no, no, no. We all camp out because we're all trying to light stuff on fire. So it has to be <laughs> outside. <laughs> so. That's hilarious. So yeah. did they rent like a public park? Like sort of have a, it was, so it's like just like this private land of these guys that I oh, guess are okay. the hold my beer types. You know, they didn't oh, care. Yeah, I'm they're just like, come on, let's do it. Yeah. And so, and how many people were at this convention? I'm always confused. I'm always kind of fascinated by new conventions and small conventions. Yeah. So it's one of the biggest ones I know of. And I think there was like 200 some people there. And it was probably the biggest. I think it's right. still the biggest one in the U.S. Yeah. Feels super respectable, but super incredibly niche. Like yeah. <laughs> two hundred people who are like, I too wish to discuss the the yeah. Oh, so yeah. you go to that, mm-hmm. and what do you, somebody set up a table in the middle of a field? <laughs> Basically, yeah. There's a, yeah. And you're there's like, hi, I'm Skippy Rose at Skippery Duda, mm-hmm. and I uh, am here to come to this con. Here is the thing I printed from the internet. Could I mm-hmm. have my lanyard? Yeah. Basically. All right. Okay. And then, so you go past that and now you're mm-hmm. in a field where mm-hmm. a little burning man vibe where people are just sort of set up or. It is, it is kind of a little bit of a burning man vibe. And uh, I didn't know at the time, but I should have put two and two together, but a lot of jugglos. I feel like that was a given, but I just didn't put two and two together about the circus stuff. <laughs> okay. Now I've heard of jugglos. I've absolutely never, I feel like they're a music thing. Are jugglos yeah. a music thing? It's a lifestyle, they would say. <laughs> well, I'm sure as well, uh, but the, do they also juggle? Yes. Yeah. They ju- Well, so jugglos are like the disciples of this band called Insane Clown Posse. Okay. And uh, all of them, they're into the clown face paint. That's right. And then okay. they kind of got into the circus scene, I think, adjacent. So it just so happens that a lot right. of them. Right. Once you put on clown face paint, you're going to meet some people who enjoy juggling or yes. enjoy uh, whatever. Just painted and they will come. Stilts. Yes. Yeah. Paint. And there will be some stilts introduced into the conversation. Yes. So w- was Drax there essentially showing, mm-hmm. off, showing off how to do it in real yeah. life? 
Mm-hmm. Were there orchestrated showtimes? Like, had people yes. been booked? Yes. So all of like like the more well known flow artists. Like, so I think they have, I don't know, probably typically like fifteen to twenty instructors, if not more. Um, because okay. there's workshops throughout the day. There's at least two or three going on at any given time at like different areas of this giant field. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and he was, you know, it'll say in the program, you can learn this particular trick or sometimes it's a little more like broader than that. Like, you know, how to uh, use your, you can call them a prop, like any flow art thing, how to okay. use your prop as like a person, like, so you're dancing with it. Like there's a bunch of different kinds of workshops like that. But And did... Was it wasn't just him doing like six hours of of lessons, right? I think he did quite a few. I think he did, I think three or four workshops, and then they also have like the instructor showcase where you get to see them do their best of the best, which is super cool. That um, is really inspiring. cool. So, yeah. <laughs> like sort of like day two or day three of this thing. Was it more than one day? Yeah, I think it's three or four days. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and so, what other things are they? I mean. Granted, this isn't, I mean, this is the nuts and bolts of sort of circusing, but what, what other things were they, were, were, could you learn? Like, could you learn to juggle? Could you learn to eat fire? Yep. So there was, uh, there was fire breathing classes. So like how those go is that, um, basically fire breathing is like glorified spitting. (laughs) Right. Right. And learned spitting. It sounds very much like learned. Learned spitting. Try to get the fire the thing that's going to be on fire away from your face. Yes. Yeah. So you're like, the class was just like, you'd chug water and like spit it. And they'd be like, no, 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 no. It needs to be more atomized. You need to oh curse your lips better. Yeah. Kind of a thing. I'm okay with that. That actually. And, uh, that's, yes. And then uh, they, they would have a uh, contact staff, which is um, more or less. Uh, it's the staff and the whole idea of it is you're not supposed to like just grab it with your hands. You let it kind of fall all over kind of the curves of your body in a weird way. So oh, like- I've seen that at the beach where somebody's just kind of rocking. Mm-hmm. It's a, there was kind of a break dancing kind of vibe. All right. The first time I saw it because they're kind of, they're kind of dancing with it. Yes. And they're throwing it up. And there's obviously very degrees of, of skill at this, right? Yeah. I mean, someone's just, when I play hacky sack, uh, <laughs> I am a team player, my friends. Yes. Uh, it is not a quality experience. It's uh, more fun than anything else. Okay. So there's the, what's, what's that called? What kind of staff is that? A contact staff. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do they have face painting? Do they show you how to fa- paint your face? Um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if there's a workshop that randomly pops up at these conventions about how to like put on your face and stuff. That's something I am not that great at. I usually have some other performers help me <laughs> to oh, make it. Cause, right. Because do you, when you do, because you do the ball and chain thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, do you paint your face? Uh, it just depends on what, what they want. Uh, usually, I mean, it's standard at all theater, right? You want them to see your expression, right? So right. you want the eyes to be highlighted. You want the lips to be highlighted just so they can see your facial expression as you do things. Um, okay. But I know people get really, really elaborate. If you're doing fire, obviously you don't want to have like cryoline on your face <laughs> and hairspray. <laughs> <laughs> Those both sound very flammable. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, is cryoline, is that that white paint that puddles uses no it's like that uh that stuff that like seals the makeup on your face so you can't okay. get off like that <laughs> great basically hairspray, congratulations yeah. um <laughs> so okay so you go to this thing and you get to meet Drax mm-hmm. yeah. and do you meet other like-minded individuals that you then like because yes. that's what cons are really good for well I think also just like all of some of the best people, I mean, and you know, like from, I think I would include comedy as part of that because it's just a community of people that are doing something they love, knowing that more than likely they're not going to make a living at it, but they're going to try their darndest anyways. <laughs> and they're going right. to practice all the time and devote themselves to it. You know? Right. It's uh right. And even if you're a pro at things, you it can still be your dorkdom. It's just, yes. yeah. So like, Carmen Morales was like, the only thing I like is stand-up comedy. Augie Smith. I can only talk about stand-up comedy. I was like, 
I don't want to talk about stand-up comedy on the Dork Forest. I want to talk about something else. Is right. there anything? Do you collect paper cuts? What do you What do you do? Anything? Yeah. And right? so, yeah. So, um, so you're wandering around and you meet other people who do the thing you do, or different, even just different ones. Like I can. I mean, poise my like specialty. I would say I've been doing it the longest, but I'm also part of uh, a hula hoop troupe, and I'm um, I do contact staff, and I do dragon staff, and fans, and fire eating. So okay, yeah. well, let us first of all, how do you spell poi? P O I. Okay, so that poi is the is the ball with the threads, the strings, yeah. and then um, what is dragon staff? So dragon staff, it's like, imagine a staff, but then there are spokes that are coming out of it. So oh, like yeah, pointy, the very pointy or? Yeah, they're pointy and typically have them, people have them lit up or on fire. And okay. the reason why it makes that a different prop than contact staff is because um, basically the force on your skin is going to be tougher, right? Because you have that big spokes. So okay. there's some okay. physics equation to it. But yeah, it'll be more sticky on your skin and you have to move it in a slightly different way to do the same or similar tricks. Um, and it's not, are you, yeah, to do, is it the same length as a contact staff? Yeah, it's the same length as the contact staff aside but from it just, the But it just has uh, dragon-like spikes on the, on the ends of it. Yeah. And sometimes they're on fire, sometimes they are not? Yep, yeah. Okay. And um, do you ever spin it like a baton? Uh, I don't, but there's a lot of baton moves that are easily transferable to contact staff and all of that. But like batons, they can move much, much quicker. Right. 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 So yeah, it's a little bit different that the length of your staff determines a little bit what tricks are easy and hard to do. Sure. Sure. Mm -hmm. And I wonder, does it get easier or harder as it gets longer or shorter? So when it's longer, it moves slower, right? Because that circumference is way bigger. So the longer it is, the slower it's going to move. So, um, but if you're short like I am, I'm 5'1", so there's only so long of a staff I can can (laughs) use. (laughs) And if it's super long, people are like, will it ever, will it ever end? (laughs) And... So people like it fast, you know? Yeah, people do like a speedy, they like a speedy trick. So... Are there also like, so if you, when, when you, you were talking earlier about the Masonic off, mm-hmm. you know, pr- before the show, yeah. the going to the, the Masons, what is it? A Masonic, Masonic temple. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A uh, temple. And so was this a booked gig or was it um, put on so, by yourselves and then tickets sold? So I've never performed at the Masonic Temple. Um, it's one of my dreams, too. Um, okay. But the, yeah, but the Detroit Fire Collective, uh, who are a lot of my colleagues, uh, perform at the Masonic Temple. Um, uh, there's a, a great group called the Detroit Fire Collective that more or less all the fire performers that you'll see there are from them. Incredibly okay. talented people. Um but yeah, the Masonic Temple, uh, it's called Theater Bazaar, the big thing that they do there. And it has a very vaudevillian theme to it all because uh, all of the aesthetic is is kind of like that Dust Bowl era, water for elephants type circus. Style. I don't know. What's water for elephants? What does that mean? <laughs> oh, it's that really romanticized movie about the circus that people were obsessed with. <laughs> Oh, you guys, there's a movie called Water for Elephants. Get out there. Uh, so the uh, the Fire Collective and the Bazaar, mm-hmm. that is a regular show at the Masonic Temple? So it happens every year around Halloween time. They used to only okay. have one weekend. Now they have two weekends because it would just sell out. Like, Oh, that's neat. Yeah. yeah. And so, and, um, and, and you said it was immersive. So you walk in the foyer and the show kind of begins. Yes. And, and so people walk through this Masonic temple going upstairs and into mm-hmm. rooms yep. and across balconies and different people are doing things. Yes. They're doing circusy things. Mm-hmm. Like, are, is anybody in danger? Like, cause it's a temple with, with <laughs> railings. Uh, are they beyonce it? What are they? Are they, are they pregnant and on top of a floating <laughs> platform? And you think, I take it that kid's a spare. Uh, well, so, right. <laughs> so there's no kids in there, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's a certain element of danger, right? But 
there's so many crowd implants that are doing a bunch of character work. And so they'll do these things like if they want the crowd to be away, they'll start playing this game where they like, you know, bump and they're like, oh, and then they go to the other side and they go, oh, you know, against the other side of the crowd. Okay, so you make yourself space, you make, make the space bigger. Yeah, in a okay. very casual kind of way, like where they're like, what's happening? And then all, right. there's, all of a sudden there's a show. You know? Right, right. That's awesome. Yeah. What are some of the fa- the favorite things that you've seen over the, I mean, have you, do you go every year? Yes. Yeah, I go every yeah. year. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. And well, you should. You're just mm-hmm. like, what will I see? Well, and do you, are you watching, is it the same acts or do people change up? So it's, uh, I see, well, just because I have like, I'm an uber nerd about it. So like I recognize the performers and I'm like, oh, they're going to do this and that. But there's like, uh, I mean, they do a different act every year, even if it might be in the same genre sure. kind of a thing. They're always okay. switching up the songs and stuff like that. Okay. So, so there might be, and there might be one or two new tricks or there might be uh, just yeah. different choreography to the same tricks. And, right. and you're like, I can't believe they can do this at all. Yeah. Is that kind of the jam? Uh, What are you, is it the athleticism or is it, what is it? Well, so there's, there's two things I'm impressed by. Like one, it's like, you know, the athletic ones, the ones where like they had to train their body for years just to do any, any little minute portion of this. But then to me, there's also this whole, to me, very impressive aspect about making something that maybe anybody could do into this, like, in just through showmanship, making it so much more dramatic. Like, an exa- what's an example of that? Like, who's like, doing that? Well, like, Who the hell uh, is doing that? <laughs> right. Well, like, it's, um, for instance, like, like fire eating, right? Like, it's really anybody could do it. Big industry secret. But really, uh, really right, anybody. That really feels like a big industry secret. Well, I'm like, I'm just going to grab something I mean, I here. suppose a lot of different people could be taught to do it. What right. are you going to grab? What have you grabbed? Just, this, is just, this is just a random object that kind of okay. looks like a torch. So okay. it's like you could just eat it like, ah, ta-da, yep. you know. But like if you go like, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. act yeah. like it's super yeah. dangerous, you know. And, yep. And like that kind of a deal, like to me, it's so, it's so much more of a skill set that you can't, you can't like just teach somebody how to do that. They just kind of have to figure it out. The showmanship. You're talking about sort of the big, sort of the big hurrah with, so what are the coolest things that you've ever, like I saw a mime show once that was amazing. Yeah. Mimes can be, I saw some shadow puppetry that was really, really amazing what, like <laughs> against the wall with lights yeah, and shadow? Yeah, he was just like, yeah, he was just doing like a bunch of different like puppetry yeah. to music. And like, even though you were seeing his hands, it was still like. Right, because you would see his it. hands and you'd be like, well, why does that look like something? Yes. And would it, was he telling a story with it? That'd be that'd be even harder. He was doing it to like um, like a music. So he's making it go with like the words and all of that. You yeah, know, yeah. Like he's doing the birds and all that stuff. So it was. <laughs> That was one of the, one of my favorite ones or like, uh, what was it? There was, um, Poppet is this other, uh, she's very, this is one of the athletic performances that I really enjoy. Her name's yeah. uh, Poppet and she's like, she is so like ripped. Like you think you've seen ripped people. You haven't seen her though. And, <laughs> and she just does these like, like just stationary, but she'll balance on these two little like pedestals and do all these kind of crazy moves with their legs and like super bendy and super bendy, super, just like the strength involved in the balance. Right. Um, Right. Yeah. Another one of my favorite acts. Um, he actually did go on to Cirque du Soleil. His name's, uh, Acro James or James Hugh, but it goes by Acro James and it's him and another, uh, another lady, his partner, and they do this whole shtick where it, that to tainted love, that's like my favorite number that he's done with it. Okay. Like she'll just like act like she's eating them and they'll do crazy tricks where he like catches her in the air and they're doing like counterbalances and it's all, and they make it look though like organic while they're doing it. So it. And, and that's a duo, right? Yes. Yeah. And yeah, did yeah. they both go on to the Cirque du Soleil? I don't think she did, but I know for sure he did because I've taken a few of his <laughs> workshops and he was um, right, right. Pretty psyched about it. Mm-hmm. Um, from what I, somebody told me that Cirque du Soleil will hire the whole act. 
act sometimes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They'll hire, like, if it's a duo, they'll mm-hmm. hire them both. And they're mm-hmm. like, you're going to be in Cirque du Soleil, ABBA, or whatever it is, right? Or oh, whatever yeah, their yeah. theme is. And mm-hmm. um, so that's why I asked if they if they were in it together. So what, so what else is there, is there more, is there storytelling going on when you do this stuff? What is it? I think the best acts have a story. Um, there's actually, so the hoop troop that I'm part of, um, right, right. uh, the leader of my hoop troop, her name's Tyler, uh, Tyler Clossing. She owns this, um, industry convention called spin sanity and it's hoop specific, but the entire point of the thing is that there's two nights where you can go up and say, here's this act I've been working on. You show your act. And Mm -hmm. then a panel of judges will say, okay, I think you should have made the character more understandable, like who this person is. And like, it didn't really have a beginning, middle and end. And we'll give you like tips. So your act can be like an all encompassing where people walk away and they'll like, never forget it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. um, How long is a, is a hoop? Like if, if you set it up, is it, is it three minutes? Is it 13? Three Three minutes. Three minutes is probably the longest you want to go. Um, it, it starts to be pretty exhausting. Well, that's why you have the variety show, right? You keep right. like it coming in and out, but I, I would say three minutes is a, is a solid. Is a good length. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, so hoop troop, do you, how many people are in your particular, are, what sizes are these troops sometimes? So hoop troops are not very common actually because of like the finesse that it takes to land a trick, trying to get all these people to do the trick in the same time and land it all at the same time with no improvisation is, right. is pretty hard to do. So well, there's that's five what in I, our troop. That's what I thought uh, with the Beyonce at the Super Bowl halftime thing. The fact that she had hundreds of dancers that were literally in sync, like synchronized mm-hmm. swimming, um, yeah. was amazing. Because that, yeah. I mean, the, the amount of practice, the amount of rehearsal that that took mm-hmm. is epic, right? Absolutely. So you have five in your troop. Yes. And how many, what, what story can you tell with a hula hoop? This is my, <laughs> this is my <laughs> so, real question. So we did one, uh, it was our, our performance, I think last year where we did Ed Sheeran's Bad Habits and okay. in that music video, it's about vampires and stuff like that. And so she, we all started out like, um, there was a part where like, Somehow I ended up on my back, like me and this other girl. And then we got pushed forward, you know, like we're, okay. you know, uh, rising from the dead. You know, we do a little more. Um, there was one. Uh, and then like when the sun rises up, we did like some poop tosses to make it look like the sun went up, you know. Oh, nice. And then at the very end, right, like we're all like scatter because the sun's coming for us. And so I had to like leap off the stage and like scurry underneath, like, you know, uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And how many hoops get, uh, like, do you, how many hoops do you own and how many hoops do you work with and how many yeah. of them may, I mean, it's, this sounds like a, it could be an expensive hobby. So hoops, I, well, <laughs> So hoopers in general, well, I guess all flow artists, but hoopers especially have at least, I don't know, 20 hoops if they've been doing it long enough. They get like very obsessed about having every (laughs) single hoop they've ever wanted. I only have like eight. That's considered modest. (laughs) (laughs) Modest. It's an early hoop. This is an early hoop dorkdom. Uh, Here's my question. How big are the hoops? Are they normal? Like when you go to Target and you get a hula hoop? Well, so you want different sizes for different things, right? So if you're doing a lot of like, they call it on body. So you're typical what you think of when you think of hooping, um, a bigger circumference is better for that because of the momentum. It'll help you keep it up. Um, You want smaller hoops uh, if you're doing what they call like doubles, you know, with the different moves or if you're more doing off body stuff, Um, especially because a lot of the tricks, um, they kind of hinge, I guess, pun intended, on, right. on like your body geometry. So you don't want it too big, you know, for certain tricks. Right. You don't want it to slip off or slip on yeah. different body parts. Is that mm-hmm. kind of. Yeah. And the circumference, it's got to be. So if you've got one and you're spinning it on your arm. Mm-hmm. Yes. This is exactly what it looks like. <laughs> anyway. So, uh, <laughs> but if you're doing that and then 
I can't even tap my head and rub my stomach at the same time. Oh, so yeah. it's, it's all, and is it just a learned skill? And some people it is are totally a learned skill. Like any it's, athleticism. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a muscle memory thing for sure. Uh, like um, most, I mean, yeah, I think all the girls in my troop can do, it's called a, a three, like a body split. So they can do like your neck hooping with, chest hooping with waist hooping with leg hooping <laughs> you know like with one wow. leg out like there yeah. yeah so and i am not that great <laughs> but well, I, I mean i think it's learning it's how much how much time you have to practice and, and interest in it mm-hmm. and then of course some sort of natural aptitude right well yes and no because i couldn't waste to i feel like the majority of people for so so long and so what i did is i just had a hula hoop that was in my living room okay and whenever i walked past it i would just try and do it for like 10 15 minutes you know and i would just do that like every time i walked past it and eventually for whatever reason it clicks it finally and you're just like you're like i have right, to keep repeating I, this i can't make it i can't make it go Mm-mm. a hula hoop have never been able to do it um so that is interesting now um when you say you pass the hoops mm-hmm. is that so that that i mean that's kind of cool that that's the sun coming up and 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 there's a story yeah. there who does the choreography so tyler does it so that's our like our leader and she's okay. an incredibly talented choreographer we could not do it without her but <laughs> yeah yeah that makes perfect sense okay yeah. so there's hoops and now do you do the choreography for your own uh yeah. on fire balls and chains yeah the poi poi that's what's called mm-hmm. okay and what's what is that what is what's the story there what how long is that routine and how do you choose what to do so I, I guess I, I tend to, when I'm doing it, uh, think about where the hard beats are because people really like when like a certain move syncs up with the, the first run I ever did was for, um, I, this, it was like a bank that hired like a hot, hot, hot theme for their convention. I know <laughs> super corny, like well, all of the corny, cor- like <laughs> all the corporates and corporations in all the world. Right. They're so trying to be cool and failing, but sometimes cool things happen when like, I've seen some up close magic at some very lame events where I'm like, yeah. I still don't know how he did that. That's amazing. Yeah, I did it to uh, Ellie Golding's uh, fire. You know, we can light it up, up, up. (laughs) (laughs) That was the first one I ever, like, really, like, choreographed and was done for, like, a really big audience. But I always, like, you know, so for the up, up, up part, I made, like, up, 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 like, you know, like, to the the different, um, to the beats of the song. Yeah. And so uh, that's where I'm more, uh, where my head's at. And, again, because it's, it's pretty tiring. And also, if you have it on fire... There's only so long those flames are going to last. So three minutes again is about. About as long. Yeah. Okay. And so you're spinning them. Mm -hmm. You're knocking them together? Uh, Ideally, no. You're making them look like they should be knocking together. But miraculously, they don't. Right? And that's the trick. (laughs) Oh, is that it? Because what happens if you did knock them together? I suppose a big fire. A bigger fire. Well, they can get tangled, right? And then you, and then this is where I'm more of, I'm a very campy, vaude, I'm very vaudevillian about stuff. So I'd be like, whoa, you know, if they were tangled, like. And big images. Of, yeah, yeah. You know, big images just make it look like it's almost part of the show. Like, you know. And As you try recover. to fix it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, what's your, so what's your, so have you made several different, have you choreographed several different like when you're asked to do it mm-hmm. do you have kind of a different set that you could do yeah with well because i've been doing poi for so long it's a little more i can freestyle it a little bit more if i know the song well enough okay um i might throw in depending if it's like for my peers right i'm going to practice that way way more cuz they know how hard the tricks are right so right. it's like Okay, Wait. I should throw in this one and this one and make sure I can get it. But if it's for what we call muggles, <laughs> it's for, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't? Why you? wouldn't you? Right for oh, people that don't know. Hoy polloi, just the oh. peanut gallery. They're just sitting around. <laughs> Bunch of yeah. muggles. Yeah. 
Yep, exactly. It's there's certain tricks even that are like if you do them in front of like your colleagues, they'll be like, "What are you doing, you lameo?" But like, right. you well, know, I they're crowd you, pleasers, right? You you phoned it in. It's right. uh exactly. So, that is awesome. Yeah, there's this one trick called the the back bending buzz saw, and literally all you're doing is just this, like the, the foyer just doing that. Okay, right? but people, real the audience really loves it, right? Because it looks like a buzz saw, but it's like one of the simplest things. So like. It's one of the first things you learn how to do. Yeah, yeah, because it impresses. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. looks it looked impressive even on the without any of the the poi happening. <laughs> hey, uh, now uh, I'm going to write down some time code because we might take a break here. You don't know there might be an ad. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. Was there an ad? Did you like it? Anyway, so <laughs> I was talking with Skippy Rose, and Skippy Rose, uh, comic I met in, because uh, you also do stand-up, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. And uh, we met in Traverse City, and um, her handle on Instagram, if you want to find out when the shows are, is Skippery Doodah. That's right. Skippery Doodah. <laughs> uh, what I, when, when you say that you like vaudeville, Mm-hmm. I think of the old, you know, stand-up. Yeah. 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 That was part of it. Like, it's, there's think, a comedic. Yeah. I think of Singing in the Rain, where there's some song and dance. Mm-hmm. And what is that? What, is there some of that happening still? Well, yeah. Because if you're making, like, because you can only do, like, tricks, right, for so long. Like, if you just did trick, 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 trick then it would be, right, maybe a maximum of three minutes, right? Right. So in order to make that into a whole production, Mm -hmm. there has to be lead up. There has to be maybe some miming involved at the beginning, you know, some dancing and singing. So it becomes like one really solid act should almost seem like a variety show if you're going to go longer than three, you know? And because with with the circus, I mean, it's a cast of – of dozens, right? I mean, this is a cast of more people than just yourself, right? You're right. not doing the poi, the hoops. You're not just doing a 90-minute show of yourself, right. right? You're bringing in other people who have other skills. Mm-hmm. Like if you're if you're wandering the Masonic Temple, <laughs> you're going to see some fire. You're going to see some, some juggling. You're going to see mm-hmm. some balancing. Yeah. And then are you going to see some song and dance? So you'll see dancing with weird stuff. Like, so for instance, <laughs> like, uh, and by weird stuff, I mean like, like the human pinhead trick, you know, where like, <laughs> no, where like somebody, yeah, you can take like a, like a long nail, right. And just go bump, right into your head, Open you know, and you'll, yeah. So they'll do kind of like a whole like skits, you know, kind of skits involved with all these little freak show things. Okay. All yeah. right. So they'll, they'll, they'll take different devices and like, is it magic too? Is there also, is magic included or is it different? It sh- so I haven't seen uh, too many magic bits at the Masonic temple. However, I, I believe that needs to change because I enjoy a really, really good sleight of hand magic show. Sure. <laughs> it's uh right. I mean, it doesn't, Learning, uh, as I think it was Petter Teller, the one that talks, uh, said about up-close magic, he said, there's a reason why magicians don't have any social skills. You're sitting in front of a mirror practicing for hours a day. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. That sounds I have a room right. in my house that's just full of mirrors. I've never had a house where I didn't make a wall completely full of mirrors. Oh, for, really? For- so you could see? Yeah. yeah. So I can practice my stuff because... It's invaluable to be able right. to see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Sure. You <laughs> want to see what they're seeing. And so you got, and you got to make sure the angle's right so that they're not seeing some things. And mm-hmm. so it's a little bit like up close magic. So do, do they, uh, this feels like uh, self, uh, do they ever book standups? They don't, but they will book like you as an MC. 
right? So you'll be like doing a little bit of stand up, especially for the burlesque shows, right? They'll um, usually okay. So they'll bring burlesque into it as well. Yes. So there's burlesque. There's a whole burlesque um, like room kind of stage. It kind of looks like a runway kind of stage with a big one in the back. But yeah, they'll have at least feel like at least four or five acts of burlesque, if not and, more. And what, what, I mean, and this isn't your dorkdom, but you may, you'll know anyway, probably mm-hmm. is what is it burlesque besides burlesque. skimpily clad ladies? I think that it's a lot. I think it's a, it's a true exercise in showmanship because you could just take off your clothes. Right. Okay. And right. But to make it look amazing like for instance there's this one guy and i would dare say he's one of my favorite burlesque acts but he's like he's just like imagine you're very stereotypical like 1930s clown right like a bigger guy and he has a he's a permanently frowny face and he's silent the whole time Mm -hmm. and then he has these really long gloves and he just like kind of you know what i mean like does like okay he does a lot of it's Uh insane you're just transfixed on him and you and i i wouldn't know why i was transfixed but i might be transfixed anyway is that what you're saying okay Mm -hmm. when you don't even know why you love something that's the true art (laughs) right and now how now you said that there's all women in your hoop group Mm -hmm. but is there is are there a sprinkling of dudes or is it 50 50 or you know weirdly enough and this is like to me, a paradox that exists in the flow arts thing. But it's yep. like, for whatever reason, hoops are for girls. Mm-hmm. It's very girl-dominated. There are amazing sure. male hoopers. But it tends to be uh, dominated by women. And then for poi, it's mostly dudes. But what's weird is that when you first start doing poi tricks, the likelihood of you hitting yourself in the nuts, very high. <laughs> With a hoop. Almost nothing. So it right. makes no sense. It makes no sense. Right. It might be something. We don't know if men, maybe men enjoy getting hit in the nuts just a little bit. Here's that my question now that. about the boy, the boy, because you, you have a pair, right? Yeah. Uh, grab them so that okay. the YouTube people can see them. And, and then, okay. And then yeah. you could tell me how heavy are they? Oh, they're about... Two of them are maybe the weight of a kitten. I don't know what that okay. is, but it's about the weight of a kitten. <laughs> that seems like a universal, everyone knows that. It's just yeah. this much. It's and light. <laughs> so they're not that heavy. Mm-mm. And then you light them on fire. Yes. So if you get hit in the in the balls with something that light, it's not that bad, right? Or are well, they going if, super fast? It's because, it's because it's so long, right? So the force of this guy when you're spinning it is actually, it's, pretty significant i've seen guys go right down after- <laughs> okay after getting uh, clocked in yeah. the uh in the, the groinal area yeah okay <laughs> all right good to know good to know what about um yeah so what have what is also to be seen um that we don't know that that we haven't mentioned yet let's see so we did contact staff and we did dragon staff um fire fans most yeah, what's the fans? So the fans, um, it's like it's like kind of would think. So there's like usually four to five spokes, sometimes more, and they kind of uh, you grip them between your fingers, and oh, they okay. have these little Kevlar wrappings that you dip in gas and light on fire. And okay, you can do a lot of like cool like stationary movements, kind of, and you can do different twistings. Right. Yeah, it really <laughs> feels like a. A great thing to do if you're high. Uh, yes. It can be sort of an event that you could attend while tripping. Anyway, yes. but it sounds also that it would be Stone Cold Sober, super fun. And yeah. And oh, fun I- fact, uh, mm-hmm. tripping and LSD is basically like flow artist Adderall. Don't really know why, but it okay, is. Okay, <laughs> but they're completely good. But flow artists tend to enjoy a hallucinogen. Is that what you're saying? Well, because you'll you just practice examined? for ten hours on mm-hmm. one trick. <laughs> like, so your whole trip, you're just practicing. Like, right, the whole right. Time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are they actually taking the drugs and practicing, or are you saying that the practicing is like tripping? 
Uh, they're taking the drugs and then tripping. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Checking in, checking yeah. in. And okay. And then um, what, what made you like, how did you stumble into it? Um, yeah, I mean, it was just, was it the uh, roommate with the boy? I mean, she was, I was very like a loner about it. Like yeah. I just, I learned from YouTube and then I went to my first convention completely by myself. I didn't know anyone there. <laughs> just, oh, good. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, that's a it, hard step to take. And yet there is nothing more friendly and accepting than one of those conventions. Yes. Cause people are like, like Gen Con in Indianapolis Mm-hmm. is a board game convention. And it's literally the only convention I've ever been to where there's not a lot of panels. It's genuinely 60,000 people looking to play a board game. Oh. Right. So it's the friendliest thing in the world. And yes. you can sit down and play a board game, and then you find out you don't want a board game with some of these people, like mm-hmm. you do in life, where you're like, oh, that guy's a little too competitive. Oh, she's a cheater. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're like, okay, well, I don't, I'm not going to stay at this table. Turns out there's 58, 999,000 other people. Yeah. So, but if you go alone, you will meet people, right? Yes. Yeah. I met a lot of little, a lot, a lot of cool people. And thankfully for me at the time, I didn't like, I look very straight laced now. Yeah. But, like when I first got into it, I had blue, green and purple hair. So like, Everybody automatically thinks you're a little bit cool and you don't even have to say anything. <laughs> right, right. They, well, the thing is, is I have, uh, it has come to the point where with gaming and with, with video games and with comic books and with a lot of different things, I don't always see it in, because there are plenty of jockey looking dudes that yeah. are into these things. Yeah. But when I see people that remind me of me mm-hmm. and I, I'm like, oh, that's one of my people. It turns out that is someone who would enjoy some cosplay. Pretty sure. Uh, that guy likes a hat. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That guy's rocking that hat. Right. I bet you that guy would also have, I don't know, resin swords at his house. So who doesn't want, who doesn't want to hang with that dude? I do. (laughs) I do want to hang with that dude. So, (laughs) um, okay. So, so, so eight years and what, when was the first convention you went to? Uh, it was after I had been in a year, so like seven years ago. Uh, okay. <laughs> and so during lockdown, what did you, did you Zoom with friends? What did you do? So during lockdown, um, we got together, at least me and my uh, flow artist friends, we got together outside a lot. You yep. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because uh, you have to do fire stuff outside anyway, so it ended up working out for us. That's <laughs> so true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? You were already kind of hooked up. And mm-hmm. uh, so that that actually probably saved you socially yeah. for during lockdown because it was super isolating. It was very mm-hmm. stand-up comedy. I, I literally would just do Zoom hangs. Yeah. Where I'm like, I'm going to make lunch uh, to the text thread that I'm on. Does anyone want to log on and chat about what you watched on television today. Right. So, yeah. But it did change. I will say that COVID changed the dynamic, like where, um, you know, cause I don't, I don't do this for a living, my circus okay. stuff. Right. Um, I do it cause I'm really passionate about it. And so, but during lockdown, right. All those gigs dried up. So the people that actually did it for a living all of a sudden yeah. could like barely support themselves. So it was kind of like this weird unspoken gentleman's agreement after everything started clearing up that yeah. the people that didn't need it to do it for a living would like kind of step away and like let those people take the Make gigs. Make some money. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Because you do uh, some gigs like, yeah. Yeah, you you do make some income. It's like when you first starting start doing stand up comedy for money. It feels like found money. Yes, you're just like, oh, this is. I'm clearly going out to lunch. Oh, I can mm-hmm. buy that weird book I've always wanted. You know, right? Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. So, uh, sorry, I'm in Denver, so my, I have no oxygen. Oh, you're right. But yeah, so I haven't done any gigs, like uh, paid gigs, since uh, COVID lifted. Oh no! So I. I miss it, but at the same time, I'm like, you know, well, I have I have stand up right now, so there's not yeah. really a lot of room for other stuff. <laughs> and then I, I still have my hoop troupe, so I'll always do that. Yeah. Right, and so it's sort of like it's a it's a class or it's a it's a rehearsal yeah. that that and it's a place to learn new skills. Mm-hmm. And then, do you also go to your room with the mirrors and practice the, the rest yes. of it? 
Yeah, I still have my like white whales of tricks that I've been <laughs> trying to get for years. I'm like one day, like one day. Yeah. Is there any, what what current what current trick are you working on that um that you're like uh, one day I will get this, but it isn't this day. Yeah, so it's uh so poi tricks tend to be they're really dorky sounding. So it's called sure. a split time wall plane flower. <laughs> split time wall split plane time opposite wall plane flower. So it. So your hands look like they're doing this, right? Okay, going opposite each other in the sky. Yeah. And then okay. and then can I do it? But okay, I'm gonna use my fingers. So like okay. split time, it's kinda like this. So each okay. of the boys like that, right? So then you'll see kind of like these four pedals, like one here, one here, one here, one here. And so you'll okay. be like pedal, pedals, pedal, pedal, pedal. And uh, I can't quite get it because you have to cross your arms in a certain way to get it to work. And so I can maybe only do it like one round. And then I'm like, ah. oh, and so. then they, everything gets all tangled up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so the timing has to be right. And you're trying to sort of hit those four points of the clock, right? The northwest, mm-hmm. south, east. That's not how anybody would say that. Uh, <laughs> uh, but the uh, the um, are you hoping in the timing of it that it'll do sort of an infinitesimal pause when so it hits when, that? When you're perfecting it, right, those are the things you start focusing on, but I'm even just trying to get it to, like, To, to do a, two in a row. Yeah, yeah, you'd like to do two in a row, and then mm-hmm. you'd like to do... Because when you do hacky sack, you, if you get in a... If you start counting, you're doomed. You're yeah. just like, how many kicks can I get in? How many kicks can I get in? And then mm-hmm. you're like, 12? And you're like, come on! <laughs> Right, you start with so, the one. Yeah, but you got to start with the one, and um, and yeah. so that is fascinating. Okay. Yeah. 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 So have you have, since since lockdown got lifted? Have do you go to a fair number of shows, or are you just mostly working on stand up? I yeah, I'm mostly working on stand up because that's like four or five times a week, right? If you're trying to right. do it, <laughs> right, right. Because I mean, you, is if you can get four or five sets a week, you can really work on those jokes. Mm-hmm. And do you think that you could integrate them eventually? Cause I think that everyone could always be- asks me that <laughs> Bill Bouchard, like he's like, call me when you have an act that combines the two. He's like, only going to go to that one. <laughs> Who said <laughs> like, that? Bill Bouchard. Oh, I don't know. Is he a uh, comic? Yeah. He's, he's a like- Michigan comic. Okay. But, uh, yeah. He, I mean, I yeah, have like a bunch of corny jokes, but that's it. Right. And he will be surprised when one day you're like, I am working on my physics bit while I do this thing. You know, you're just like, I don't think you guys know about uh, Mars <laughs> or whatever. Ooh. And yeah, you could, it would actually be a weird dichotomy to do sort of something that physical where you're doing the stick or you're doing mm-hmm. the, the, the balls. Yeah. And, um, you the balls dick jokes one dick joke oh, after another yeah. dick joke it writes itself so many d- dick oh, jokes the so stick the circus dick joke <laughs> dick joke also mm-hmm. the stick I'm so yeah. sorry you might have to oh. actually branch out uh, <laughs> I said branch uh, so the what do you uh, what are you looking forward to upcoming are there are there books what YouTube you, people could watch that Drax guy if they wanted to oh yeah Drax Poi absolutely recommend him Drax Poi um, I mean just if it's called Poi Chat it's a Facebook group they they post tons of that um, I believe it's called uh, homeofpoi.com. they have a bunch of videos there um, of all different kinds of flow arts not just Poi. I would get um, poi and koi mixed up, so I but I get ponfar and parkour mixed up. So yeah. that is a very very nerdy reference to yeah uh, two very different things. Anyway, and go I'd ahead. be remiss if I didn't mention uh, Ninja Pirate. She's um, when I was first getting into the scene, she's was super super welcoming when I was like intimidated by everybody. So oh, right, Ninja right. Pirate, yeah. Ninja Pirate, Ninja <laughs> Pirate, and what does she do? What is what are her uh, tools of choice? So she does a little bit of everything, but contact staff is her, uh, what she excels in teaching and what she excels in doing. And she manufactures all of them. So that's kind of where the money is kind of, so you become your own brand. And so she sells a lot of contact staffs and dragon scaffs and all mine are from her. Okay. Oh, so you could buy Mm content. Yeah. Cause, uh, uh, wow. I just, I wonder, are you buying them on Etsy? Or is you it just a? You can buy them on Etsy. You can buy yeah. them on Etsy. I prefer to buy in like person. 
Okay. Because it's, you know, it's a personal thing. You want to see how it feels. Yeah. Um, so that that's sense. another thing about the conventions. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, so there's a merch room. There's one mm-hmm. of those. Okay. That's cool. What else is in the merch room? Do they, does it bleed over? Like, you know how you go to a Ren fair now and there's a guy yeah. dressed like Deadpool. Yeah. Um, is it a little bit of that? Is there some bleeding over of other merch? So there's like, uh, you know, basic nerd stuff. The, like sacred geometry is like a big thing in the community just because um, you're making patterns, right? With all these yeah. different loops, kind of sure. like those uh, spirographs basically. So there's a lot of kind of like spirograph, sacred geometry type stuff that, that everybody digs. What is that? What is sacred uh, geometry? Is that just a way to sell pens and ink, pen and paper? (laughs) No, no. I mean, it's, uh, they'll have like, um, like glow in the dark string. That's like stretched in a very particular way with all these pins, right. To make like cool little parabolas and 3d shapes and things like that. Like string art. Yeah, like but shaped in in, ge- in geometric. Yeah. Okay. I my favorite string art is the three masted ship, and it's wire. Anyway, Ooh. have you ever seen okay. that? It looks no. like a, a giant old sailing ships that have three masts, mm-hmm. and then they usually do the rigging mm-hmm. in wire. That's and cool. it's pretty. So it's a sort of three D, and it has this sort of, you know. Yeah. It's they they had them a lot in the seventies. A lot of things in the seventies that were mocked openly when I was a child are considered kind of cool now. So I could like that, even though I am obviously slightly self conscious. You liked uh, it before it was cool. So. I so did. I I <laughs> liked it when it was genuinely uncool. <laughs> so it's a classic uh, Jackie Cation moment. By the way, I am talking with Skippy Rose, uh, Skippery Duda. If you go to her Instagram, you will find out when she's. Uh, Throwing a couple of poise around or uh, doing a hoop thing or maybe even stand up. Yes, stand up. <laughs> okay, so Skippery Duda has your stand up info on it as well. That is that is awesome. Um, I don't know. We have about five more minutes left. Do you want to talk about, uh, are, like, are there are there any books you've read about it or what would you like to talk about? Hair dis- hairdressing? Uh, how do you I mean, do your hair? Yeah, I do my hair. I, I, I air dry it. I'm really bad. <laughs> Me too. Me too. It ends up looking cool. So right, it looks just fine. And uh, what? But when you do, do you ever wear wigs on stage? I a lot of people do, mm-hmm. and um, I have not perfected keeping it on in a good way. Um, I mostly, to be honest, I try and make the poi very much the highlight of what I'm doing. Um, like a lot of people like the weird, like if I'm doing LED poi, I make it really simple, just like the white. So you can really see the shapes and stuff like that. Um, I usually wear all black and I'm I'm in the back. I try to make that about that. Oh, that's, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, everybody has their own, own way of doing it. But that, that to me is, is how the tricks shine a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if you if if you're dressed all in beige, then it pops somehow. Yeah, then then they're definitely going to look at the the thing that's spinning in front of them for sure. Yeah, I'm really excited actually about the hoop troop show that is it's coming up in May. Um, it's uh, in Fowlerville, Michigan. If anybody's there interested, spin sanity. Um, but we're doing, and I used to hate the song "Running Up the Hill." Who who sings it? Running up the hill, but it's Kate Bush. Okay, you know? all right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And there's there's only like I don't know ten words in the whole song, but yet it's like a like a three, four, five minute song. Yeah, sure. And five of them are running up the hill. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. There you go. Is she running yeah. down the hill at any time? No, only it's all up. up. <laughs> you know, when she was a kid, she had to go uphill both ways. Both ways. It was weird. Yep. That's what it was. That's what the song's about. <laughs> but, but I used to hate it. But, you know, we've been doing rehearsals now, I think, since like last, last September even. So every week we get together and do this. So uh, okay. it's now it's like a earworm. So it's like, maybe I like it now. You know, like Stockholm right, right. Syndrome. With the how, how could... I saw the movie High Spirits 26 times. It's a terrible movie. Yeah. Uh, in 1989, <laughs> it was with Peter O'Toole and um, Daryl Hannah and Steve Gutenberg. Mm-hmm. And oh. Liam Neeson was the best part of it. And he had probably nine lines. Uh, 1989. So I worked at a movie theater, saw it 26 times. And by the end of it, I thought it was funny enough to 
think that I liked it, and I've recently tried to watch it. It is not good. It is terrible. <laughs> there is Liam Neeson remains the best thing about it. And Morgan Fairchild, I think, is in it as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's definitely a paycheck for a lot of people who were wasted on this movie. <laughs> So the '60s, <laughs> I guess it was. Uh, so what? Um, yeah. So that's great. Yeah. So, but anyways, like I'm really excited about the performance because uh, basically she's made it so that all the hoop moves kind of almost look because she has a uh, karate background too. So she's chosen to make it into like this kind of cool sci-fi fighting type choreography, and we're all going to wear outfits that kind of look like Tron. Black oh, and wow. white, and then the hoops are going to be like this, like bright fluorescent color, and so they're going to really shine, like kind of swords, you know. And, and that's in May. And what's it called? Spin. Spin sanity. Okay. Or spin hula hoop convention. Maybe. Right, right. And you guys do that. We are uh, <laughs> we're real close to one hour here. I think that that kind of that kind of nails it. Uh, well done, Skippy Rose. Uh, I have had a delight learning a little bit about circus stuff. And a little bit about vaudeville stuff in circus stuff. My name is Jackie Cation. You've been listening to The Dork Forest. You've also been listening to Skippy Rose at Skippery Duda. Uh, go to her Instagram, uh, figure out how to how to watch it in real life. And thanks so much for doing the show. Thank you. Thanks for having and, me. And Rangers, you know the rules out there. Take care of each other. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my god. Thank we you. why don't we just call that as the end of the show?